delighted to be here again. Thank you. <laughs> I received that standing ovation from you two on the front row. That's awesome. Oh, sorry. Bright lights three. Sorry, I just it's because I didn't receive it from you. No, it's all good. You're amazing, Rebecca. Uh, hey, um, so another thing just to really quickly celebrate uh, as well is that two weeks ago we took up our Big Give um, offering here, which is really exciting uh, for us as a church, and um, the accumulation of pledges and what was given on the day has come to over $10,000, so give yourselves a hand. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be doing all sorts of uh, incredible, uh, you know, the, you guys are doing incredible things. We're empowering you, including um, the, the thing that we actually didn't note in that last video as well uh, was that there's a portion that goes to Party in the Park and that initiative well, as well. So that's really exciting that we're all about the community um, as well as what God's doing here at Thrive. So it's all good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hey, I just want to uh, share a little bit about Joseph's life today and about uh, the cloak of favor. First up, though, um, it's I think it's Genesis 37, if you want to go there. Um, I just want to share a little bit about um, the, the back story of what's been going on in, in the other part of my life. Uh, as you know, uh, it's pretty obvious that Deb and I are senior pastors here, and we've got that going on. We've got a reasonably large family as well of five children and uh, a rabbit as well. And uh, so that's awesome. The rabbit doesn't get a lot of love, um, but she's still alive. <laughs> that's, that's she did get a good run around, uh, you know, this week for a couple of days. Much to granddad's frustration because she sort of ends up in their veggie patch occasionally. Uh, so, <laughs> but also I've got a business here in uh, Rangiora, and um, so I remember who was here last um, last start first Sunday of December last year. I stood up here and um, I, I delivered a message about hey 2015 it's going to be amazing uh, as every year is and how about you know it's time to kind of configure your life and 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 put the antennae up and go hey what's God doing um, for, for next year and so I'd been doing that and I shared an example um, about having a, a faith seed the importance of a faith seed as I've been talking about that uh, recently in every uh, different dimension of our life God just wants to bring um, and be included in every every part of our life and, and as we know, faith activates heaven's influence and it gives us divine purpose in the context of every part of our lives, whether it's um, finances, our career, you know, our business place, our family, our health, our holidays, like God is over the whole lot. He, we come under his goodness and that's every part of our lives. And, and I stood up and I talked about this new um, direction. I had a bit of a God hunch that we were going to um, step more sp uh, specifically into um, websites in our business. And, um, and I remember I had this kind of dream moment while I was driving. It was a bit of an eyes wide open dream, and I, I actually saw myself driving a black Swift with uh, Suzuki Swift, right? I know, it's a, an amazing dream, and, um, and it had uh, website signage all over this this uh, little car, and I'd never actually driven a Swift in my life, and I'd never really had a great desire to, uh, but I just had this kind of like picture, and then um, a couple of days later, a um, an elderly lady actually here asked me if I could uh, back her car down the driveway, and uh, we go out there, and it turns out to be 
a black swift. I'm like, oh, that's really classic. So that's funny. And then I was talking with the, uh, with my um, the CEO of uh, Printing.com in in New Zealand, and we start we're just talking about. And I knew that websites were on the horizon uh, for us as a as a national group. And he starts talking about um, that. Yes, we really want to step forward with you know website development, and and you know we'd love you to be a part of that. And we had a cool conversation, and and then he said, you know, we want to make sure that um, the branding's consistent, and and we want to um, encourage you know um, shops that are going this way to purchase a new car. And we're suggesting a Suzuki Swift for every car to uh, for every um, business to to have one of these with branding all over it. So I was like, wow, this is um, this is amazing. I I really feel like God is giving me a bit of direction here. And so I was excited about that. Uh, You know, the Suzuki Swift is not a particularly uh, masculine vehicle. In fact, when you put your foot down on the accelerator, it sounds like a hairdryer on turbo. But it gets you from A to B, and it's really economical. And and, um, so it was like settled for me. I was like, okay, this is where we're going, and this is what we're going to do, and I'm going to drive a little grandma's car, and that's going to be all good. And um, so I, I stood up here and announced that to, to the church and um, as, as a bit of a God hunch because I believe that life's an adventure and sometimes we've just got to keep stepping out, right? We've got to stepping out and stepping out. He's, he's with us every step of the way. And so it was cool. I shared that. And then on um, Monday, Tuesday, I, I, I went in, uh, into the business and, and just um, we, we'd had a really exciting time, actually. We'd actually done our four best turnover months ever. Um, and so it was really, really awesome. Um, but there was a little problem. The fact is, is that the business was in a heck of a lot of trouble. And um, I was, uh, I, even though we're doing our best, mu- number, uh, our best numbers, the margins had changed around. And so the fact that we were doing great turnover was actually irrelevant to our, to our bottom line. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a little scary. How are we going to get through this? We were on the dawn of our, like a month and a half of our quietest time through mid-December and January. And we kind of limped through there. And then um, in February, head office rung me and said, hey, because we were uh, struggling to uh, pay a bill of theirs. And they said, hey, if you, if you don't pay $1,000 a week, you're out. And so I was at that point going, flip, this is scary. Look, God, I felt like you said, you know, I felt like we were going somewhere and I had this direction and we had such a lift in the business. And, and all of a sudden I was feeling um, like this crushing sense of like, it's all over. What am I going to do here? And um, I considered selling the business and I got a specific word from God not to do that. Um, and I thought, man, uh, I was so excited about what's happening at Thrive and, and everything that's going on here. And I was like, do I really want this weight with me um, at, this, at this time? But it was like, no, no, don't don't do it. You know, um, there's three kind of storms, I, I figure, in life that come our way, and some of them are the first sort of storm is a demonic storm, and we know that um, is illustrated in the Bible when the disciples are crossing the lake or the sea, and um, the, the wind and the waves are coming at them, and Jesus just steps up and says, hey, peace. And the peace that was within him was greater than the, peace, uh, the, than the raging storm, and 
that was, and peace came, overcame the storm. And so that's a, you get your demonic storms. Uh, then you get uh, the God storms in your life that come along and, and uh, they're scary and they feel a lot like pruning. Uh, and, and it's almost like, flip, I've lost that limb. I, I've lost a part of who I am. I, I'm feeling insecure about myself and what am I doing and where am I going? And, and God's pruning away because he wants you to bear more fruit. You know, he's all about being more fruitful and it can feel like a storm and, and you just got to go through that. And then the, the third storm I was thinking was the DIY storm. It's the do-it-yourself storm. And you create your own mess. And essentially that where I was was that I'd just been um, preoccupied with other awesome stuff going on in my life with this business. And I just, um, you know, the details of the finances and the profit and loss, it was just like, yeah, I didn't want to go there. But I, unfortunately, I have to. And um, so I had this this DIY storm. But the cool thing about it is that God wants to come into every storm, every situation in our life, anytime, and whether it is something, whether you're, uh, it's a family thing, whether it's a business thing, God is in the midst of your world. He is, he is your covering. He is your comfort. He is your strength, and He will bring certainty uh, to the decisions that you need to make um, going through the storm that you're facing in your life. And so, you know, we've come a long way um, as a business, and we've, we've paid off um, a large part of that debt, and we're still here, and we're excited about what, um, what, what we're doing, and I've got a great team. You know, that's a part of my life, and we're moving forward with God in it. You know, I don't stand up the front here every Sunday, and Deb and I, we've got an amazing family and an awesome marriage, but we're not perfect people. We get stuff wrong. We face our own challenges and trials in life, and we've got to just, we've got to dig in sometimes and say, hey God, how can we get through this? And so it's been tough, but heck yes, we're still here, and that's awesome. Um, Philippians 2, I just want to frame where we're going today uh, with Philippians 2 as well. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. You know, God, I just, this could be all you take home today that God is working in you. God is working in your life. He is a part of every part of your life, and He is giving you the desire and the power to please Him. Essentially, if you start pleasing Him, you're going to start living in the right mode and the right, uh, the right space, and you're going to be moving toward the greatest satisfaction that you could ever have in your life. You know, the, the revelation of Christ's Lordship and his, the nature of His Father uh, and, the, and the posture of surrender that we take leads us towards this incredibly fulfilling life. He is working in you today, and I want you to embrace that revelation. We're just going to jump into Genesis 37 here right now, the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph was a, uh, was a great-grandson, as you know, probably, of Father Abraham, and he was one of Abraham's promised stars. You guys know that story. And then jumping into verse 3, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made a, uh, him a tunic of many colors. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. I've just And then to verse 10, uh, when his fathers, as well as his brothers, his, uh, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I... And your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And then in verse 19, 
here comes that dreamer. This is his brother's. When he was approaching to them, he was gone looking for him, and they said, here comes that dreamer, they said to one another, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. <laughs> little, yeah, little escalation there. Uh, brothers are made for rivalry. And, uh, you know, jealousy happens uh, in the midst of uh, great dreams. And, and here we see that uh, playing out. And then I've just framed the rest of the story of, of Joseph's life here. And it says, so his brothers threw him um, into a hole and then he was sold as a slave into pot of his house. But uh, the, the assignment on Joseph's life, it just did not dim. He gained uh, promotion uh, within that house uh, and until Potiphar's wife uh, lied about him. And, he, and then he was thrown into prison. And, and then he was in prison in the storm. And his gift and his attitude continued to flourish in this place. You know, the vibrant colors of that cloak that were placed on him, they still emanated through his life, no matter what circumstance he was in. And he gained favor with the head jailer in that context, and he was uh, placed in charge of all the prisoners, and he interpreted dreams again of the uh, of the of the baker, I think, and the, the cupbearer, and then and then unfortunately Joseph he was in prison for two more years until one day uh, Pharaoh had a dream, and no one could explain it, and then the cupbearer actually remembered what Joseph had done for him, and Joseph was born to uh, brought into uh, Pharaoh's. Um, presence and um and and then that that gift of uh dreaming and prophetic insight that had got Joseph into trouble right back at the start became that catalyst for getting him out of trouble. And, and then he was uh, elevated from a prison into a palace and became, you know, this an incredible story, became like a musical. Uh, but he, he, he became in charge of all of Egypt. You know, what a story, because of a dream. What a story because of a covering that he, even though it left him in the natural, the cloak was taken from him. The covering that he received of sonship never left his life. And, and, and I believe that every one of us has this unusual story that we can take a part of and step into and because we are all born for destiny of unusual significance. We are. And, and Joseph, he carried this designated favor with him no matter where he went. And, and, and this legacy, it shouts to us today, and it says no matter what pain, no matter what problem, no matter what pit or prison we're in, God has a plan, and that with the right perspective, he will demonstrate his purposes and, and, and give us provision and prominence, there's a lot of Ps there, through our lives. So two challenges I want to just bring uh, to us today. And um, first one is that I, I believe that everyone needs to embrace the unusual significance, and I use the word unusual de deliberately there, uh, of the father, Father's purposes in our world. And also the second one is that uh, we need to receive the designated covering of favor over our lives that will enable us uh, to rise above the threats and the storms that are around us because the devil wants to shut you down, shut you up, and shut you out of your assignment. But God doesn't want that for your life, for goodness sake. <laughs> he, we come under his covering. You know, Joseph was an unusual young man. He was not usual. Tell your neighbor they're not usual right now. <laughs> You're not normal, right? You're not usual. You're, amazing. You're incredible. 
See, Joseph, he had unusual dreams of wheat and stars bowing down. He wore unusual clothes. He may have fit right into the 80s with day-glow leg warmers as well as his, uh, his, his coat of colors. And no matter what, where he went and what environment he, he was you know, placed in, he attracted unusual favor. You know, God moves on the unusual. And we usually consider the unusual as weird because it's new and it's different. And it's, it's out of the box for, what, box for what we consider as normal. And, and if you read the Bible, you can't help but come across some craziness, some unusual stuff. First up, the earth is created uh, in seven days by a word, by the word of God. That's unusual. Women are taken from a man's rib and created. That is unusual. Noah builds an ark over 100 years, and the ark saves humanity from extinction. That is an unusual story. That is a true story, and I believe in the Word of God. Numbers 22, the Lord opened a donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me through these three times? That is unusual. John the Baptist, he defined himself the voice before Simon Cowell had a chance to. Uh, and, and he said, I'm the one, I'm the one crying in the wilderness and, 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 and to prepare the way of the Lord. And, and he understood that he had to embrace an unusual call. He, he ate locusts and honey just to define his unusualness. And he wore animal hides and, and that God prepared this unusual man to prepare the way of the coming of Christ. Jesus did unusual stuff. He spat in the, in the dirt as I'm doing all over this pulpit this morning and making mud to release. I can hardly see my iPad healing in a, in a man's eyesight. I'm sorry, front row. <laughs> He fed 5,000 from a few loaves and fish. The Apostle Paul, he prayed over handkerchiefs and he released the, the power of God. That's right. This spit is divine and it's assigned, all right? <laughs> he could be baptized up here. Yeah, a water would be good. See, God wants to get the attention of this planet and he uses the unusual to do it. If we want something new to happen in our lives, we have to be prepared to do something different that may look unusual. Not just for the sake of it, all right? Don't just go out and be mental. But, but actually get a word. Pursue a dream. Do something different. You know there's that saying, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. You know, life is, there's a part of life that is an experiment, as I've said before, and it's time to take some risks. It's time to experiment no matter what age you are. If you feel like you're in a rut, do something different. <laughs> I just want to tell you a story. I love you, by the way, and I don't think you're lazy or boring or anything. I just think you're a bunch of unusual crazies, but... Uh, this is just for any new people here that are just getting warmed up to kind of what we're like. Uh, so the Dream Center, we've got an image of that up there. And this is uh, Pastor Ma- Matthew Barnett's story. And as a boy, he's a son of Tommy Barnett, um, he, the preacher's son. He, and he had, a, he had a dream that a church that would remain open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, a church that would serve the inner city's physical and spiritual needs, bring a message of hope, 
uh, to the seemingly hopeless. The Dream Center is the fulfillment of that dream. Uh, it was founded in 1994, and it started an international movement. Uh, the Dream Center began as a typical local church with a vision and a desire to impact the entire city that God birthed in Matthew's heart. The church grew from 39 members to, uh, in its conception in uh, 1994 to reaching more than 50,000 people each week at the, in the center's multiple services and over 200 ministries and outreaches today. The Dream Center houses over 600 people who have been rehabilitated for the glory of God. Every week people uh, receive food and many other services are offered to meet the spiritual and physical needs of the community. You know, that's a good dream, isn't it? That's an understatement. Come on. We've got to, we've gone to multiple services. Woo! <laughs> yeah. That is a dream. We've started something. We're, we're born to stand out and shine, and shine. Don't just be a usual Christian. Decide today that it's time to be unusual. You know, Joseph was different, and he, in his raw immaturity, he said, hey, look at me to my brother. Look at me. I bow, you're going to bow down to me. And and, and that and his, and his brothers, you know, they, they almost railroaded that dream. And in Genesis 50, it says, you intended to harm me. This was Joseph talking to his brothers again. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, however raw, however young, however inexperienced you might feel, God has got a plan on an assignment on your life to bring salvation around you. You have got a great assignment. Lastly, I just want to talk about the covering that never left Joseph's identity, and it was the cloak of the father's favor. Uh, as I said, in the physical, this cloak was removed off his life and it was lost, but the significance of it became one of those Bible uh, legacies. You know, Joseph's cloak of many colors, uh, it, it represented this rich symbolism of the father's love towards him, and that was his own father, but also his heavenly father. We just got the down the back, and so I've just I've I've just taken the primary colours uh, out of this, and there were pro- I don't know if these were in the cloak, but there were three things that I believe that um, that were um, just kind of covering Joseph at this time. And red was the colour I believe that, that gave affection, and this is the this is the the symbol of the father's love, uh, the father to son covering that each one of us have. Yellow uh, gave definition uh, and gives us definition to stand apart, to stick out. Um, it, it was just material, this cloak, but it was different. It was, a, it was unusual. It, it gave him a unique call and purpose. Blue, which when we come under this covering is, is like this, this protection. We, uh, he was protected at, uh, just with a cloak from the elements, but we, the Father gives us a covering of protection in our lives. And, and each one of us we can come under the spiritual covering of the Father's heart. And, and the Father's heart for us will define the lens that we view our circumstances through. You know, if we don't have the perspective of the Father's heart in our lives, then the definition of the way that we look at life will be uh, limited. You know, 10 of the 12 spies, as Josh talked about last week, that Moses sent out to spy the land, they came back and they were wearing this cloak of insignificance and fear. They said, my cloak, I look, my cloaking device, I look like a grasshopper. I look small, I look insignificant, and I am weak. Who, is, who am I to stand up to that challenge in front of me? Thanks, Josh. You can jump up, mate. 
I don't know what storm you're facing uh, today, whether it's a demonic one or it's a God one or it's a DIY storm, but God has got a covering for you. In Genesis 3.21, it says that the Lord God made covering from animal skins for Adam and his wife, and that was after they sinned. And he covered their shame. He has got a heart for us. He covers our life. When we're vulnerable, his love covers our life. It's time, I believe it's, it's time to remove some cloaks this morning. You know, Revel- uh, Romans 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ca- uh, transformed. And, and there's the, the world has got a sameness and a mold and a cloak that is trying to force, the demonic realm is trying to force us into the sameness. And it's time to break out of that into the uniqueness of who you're called to be. I just want to go through a few cloaks right now. And you can take one of these cloaks. Let's just stand this morning. And you can just check out the big screen. And, and I just, maybe, maybe right now there's a cloak of shame that you just need to just like physically just take off, shake it off. Shake it off this morning because there's a, there's a cloak of righteousness for you. Ephesians 6.14 starts with, stand your ground. Stand in who you are. Put the armor of God on you, the helmet of salvation. Wear this, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of readiness to go, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He gives you his shield of victory, the Bible says in Psalm 18. Take it this morning, church. Take it for your covering. Take it for your, this is your protection and your definition. His affection for you is is from Psalm 85. It says that you forgive the guilt of your people. Yes, you covered their sins. You are covered this morning. Your life has been covered. And and, in Matthew 23, verse 7, Jesus says, How often I long to gather your children together, speaking of Jerusalem as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. See, the love of Jesus Christ desires to cover you, gather you, nurture you, and and swamp you with comfort. The affection and definition that God has for you from Isaiah 61, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness right now. Just feel the warmth of his presence. Just close your eyes and feel the warmth of of his love and significance around you. A defining moment, another covering in Acts 2 verse 3 that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in your life right now. Just receive His passion.